Sports Minutes with Elliot Danker and Ziaul Roshan. Money FM 89.3. Good evening. It is now time for Sports Minutes. I'm Elliot Danka together with Ziaul Raushan. Uh, and today, customary on a Thursday, we take a look at a roundup of some of the Champions League matches that occurred. And one team stands out above everyone else. Yeah, they certainly do. That's Newcastle United we're talking about. Now, Elliot, I'm not going to lie. When they were drawn in Group F alongside Borussia Dortmund, AC Milan and Paris Saint-Germain, I was like... Good luck, bro. This is going to be difficult. <laughs> They'll have something to say about that Exactly. Now. <laughs> Match day one, nil-nil against Milan in San Siro. And then to come away with that emphatic 4-1 win over perennial powerhouses, PSG is excellent. It's immense. It's all down to what Eddie Howe has done for that club, isn't it? I mean, the way he has not spent money for the sake of spending, he's bought almost superstars, people who are willing to run and, 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 and work for the club. You would have thought that, as a Manchester United fan, that this was what you were going to see from your own club this time of year. Yeah, it certainly is a tale of two Uniteds, right? We are talking about Newcastle and Manchester and the the lack of symmetry almost. How, How the identities are so different, but Newcastle are clearly having the upper hand in this recruitment process, in this trajectory of moving in the right direction. And you talk about not buying superstars, the likes of Bruno Gimeres, the likes of Alexander Isak, all yeah. coming in and playing a part. And against PSG, two Newcastle born and bred players scored as well. That's Dan Byrne and Sean Longstaff wow. I'm talking about. And yeah. We talk about Manchester United being esteemed in terms of giving Manchester lads a chance. I think Newcastle are teaching them a thing or two. A thing or two or three or four. Let's look at other clubs uh, that uh, fared in the Champions League. Arsenal look like uh, they've got a bit of picking themselves up to do. But, you know, that happens after a successful season. But how about Real Madrid coming away with that 3-2 win? Jude Bellingham, my gosh, is he the best player in the world right now? He just might be. He just might be based on current form. I think he's taken to life to at Real Madrid really well. Sometimes you get caught up in the yeah. stardom yeah. and coming yeah. for big money. We've seen players fail with big price hey, tags. Him, uh. And Bellingham makes it look easy. And I tell you what, he took the number five jersey, which I grew up watching Zidane Zidane wear. I was like, wow, this boy really got confidence to do that. Huh? Hey. And he's living up to that number on his back. And I think Real Madrid are once again proving that they are I used the term earlier, perennial powerhouses in Europe. For sure. Uh, AC Milan and Dortmund drew, so looks like uh, Newcastle's in a good position. Uh, Barcelona beat Porto 1-0. Manchester City, of course, business as usual. Uh, 3-1 win over AB Leipzig. Um, It's it's turning out to be quite an interesting Champions League draw, but uh, we were always going to turn our attention to the team in trouble, the team that's united in excuses right now. Yeah, it certainly is. Six losses in the opening 10 games. Is it of six? The, yes, six oh losses in 10 games. Doesn't look for good viewing. It doesn't set ourselves up for any form of optimism for the rest of the season. I know Ten Hag has been quick to avoid excuses, oh, please. But, but, <laughs> but the list is growing on. We've tried to caveat it by saying there are injuries, there are worries, but it's reached a point where Ten Hag's time is almost, I dare say, it becoming untenable. Okay, so uh, we decided to get out there and get some uh, comments. Um, and one of which was uh, yesterday while I was on the show speaking with uh, Nicholas Fang, uh, who is, of course, an ex-Singapore fencer. Um, we were talking about some of the political stuff, but after that, I couldn't help it. I, I had to ask him whether he accepted injuries as an excuse. I want to get your opinion in just a bit, Raushan, but here's Nicholas Fang. 
Uh, I think injuries are always a factor, for sure. But if you look at the past season and, and, and what has happened in the off-season as well, uh, I think there's a lot of expectation on Eric Ten Hag to have achieved uh, a little bit more than what we've seen in the first few weeks of this current season. I, I just finished reading his uh, book about him. And, mm. you know, tactically and, and strategically, this guy is, is quite a genius. He's been proven, you know, in many teams in, in different leagues across uh, across Europe. Yeah. Um, and and given the, the, the good result that they had achieved last year and, of course, the summer window in terms of his um, uh, acquisition of players, we would move, we would ex- couldn't be blamed to expect a more uh, complex yeah. uh, set of tactics yeah. uh, rather than the individualistic football that you know it was he sort of inherited when he when he came on board. Um, and we do see, I think I, we can say that we are seeing a drive towards that. The problem is that the team and the players don't yet seem ready or capable enough of to play that kind of game, the higher press and direct attacking. Uh, approach uh, and, and it's kind of exposed personnel issues um, that he's facing and, and struggling with as well. Uh, and you know, as much as I think uh, the the new keeper is is a is a, is a proven and strong guy, <laughs> the, this morning when I was watching the Galatasaray <laughs> match, man, that was painful. Yeah. You know, painful to see the the kind of blunder, and um, you know, he's sort of taken responsibility of it from the last game, and, and I guess he's going to have to do it again this time round. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I guess it leads into the question of how how long does Ten Hag actually going to have, you know, in terms of chances uh, going forward. You think he makes it to December at least? Well, I hope so. You know, again, I think strategically and in terms of his tactical mind, he, he is a genius and he knows what needs to be done. Uh, it's just maybe a question of uh, making sure that the team that he has uh, can actually evolve in a way that they can play the game that he, he is suited to leading them in. Uh, if there's going to be that disconnect between what he wants them to do and what they are capable of doing on the individual level, then I think the, the, the kind of problems that we're seeing now is going to persist um, regardless of whether there's an injury problem or not. All right, Nicholas Fang, a former Singapore athlete, but uh, most days he's the Managing Director, Black Dot, Director for Security and Global Affairs, Singapore Institute of International Affairs. Uh, this will need a bit of crisis management. I think, Nicholas, there's a job there for you. <laughs> glory, glory, Man United. Fingers crossed. Good to see he's still trying to be positive, ending with glory, 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 Man United. But he, he lays it out well, right? Despite Ten Hag coming with credibility, he's struggling. But for me, the biggest problem is it's almost cyclical what's happening at Manchester United now. We saw the players behave this way under Mourinho towards the end, under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer towards the end, to, with Ragnik to a lesser extent, and then now to Ten Hag. I wonder... I know the manager always has to take the blame for it, but the players really need to step up. You look at the likes of Rashford, Bruno Fernandes. Yes, big name players, but it almost seems like they are lost. And then I question accountability here. Cyclical. Wow. Raushan, I think you and this next Manchester United fan, Joshua, would really get along. What's frustrating about United? Well, it's the pattern of things with the players. A new manager come in, players respond and do well for a season then during the second season things go down south and the manager gets sacked the cycle has repeated itself so many times like you guys mentioned on the podcast a few days ago united hasn't actually played well since the carabao cup finals so it's really not surprising that they have started the season this way well yes injuries are a part of it 
But really, what's the consistent criticism of United the last few years? Players don't run and press. And we're talking about the same players, because United hasn't actually sold many players over the last couple of seasons, have they? Just this season alone, we've seen them press in games for 20 minutes, and then they lose steam and get run over. We've faced so many shots at goal, and honestly, the quality of shot chances Galatasaray had was much better than United's. If they had a top-quality striker, it would have been a beating and a trashing. Solskjaer was actually asked by staff members before he left United why he didn't expose players who let him down. He let off a shrug and didn't respond. Many of the players are still there and handed new contracts. Garnacho didn't play well for the opening two games and Ten Hag actually dropped him, barely bringing him on in subsequent games. Rashford hasn't played well for how many games now in a row? And he continues to start. And how about Anthony, who hasn't played well since forever? At City, when a player is off form, they are dropped. That includes KDB, even at Brighton and Newcastle now. Is it Ferguson or Pedro starting? Is it Isaac or Wilson starting? You just don't know despite their goals. Over at United, why aren't young players starting regularly? Hungry young players. Now this Hannibal started against Burnley and covered more ground than any United player has in a single game in the last five years. Yet he was dropped from the starting lineup the next game. Because we have heard Ten Hag himself admitted that the players stopped following the plan mid-game. So why are these players rewarded and starting? My question is, is the pressure to succeed at Barcelona any less at United? Why can they play a 16-year-old Lamin Yamal and hand him a contract with a $1 billion buyout clause, but United can't play young players who are willing to run and press. Louis van Gaal was actually perhaps right that United is a commercial club, not a football club. This Joshua Trin, he's my man. Yeah, I he, completely agree. He makes a lot of valid points, although I disagree with the comparison to Barcelona because... We know the English game garners all the spotlight in the world. So that comparison to Barcelona is a bit difficult. And we know Barcelona in their own <laughs> troubles. If they had the money, 16-year-old wouldn't be forced into the forefront of things. That's a broad look. Exactly. Fair point. Fair and point. to Joshua's point, Hannibal did start against Gala, got 90 minutes. And I think what Joshua is saying is true in the sense where in terms of left-back, we could be starting a youngster. Instead, he forces to play yeah. Amrabat out of position. Yeah. So this is why earlier when I said Ten Hag's position is slightly untenable, it's because he is at this point being slightly stubborn and that might just bite him very badly. Is he taking baggage that he had from Ajax. Well, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, aka God of Football, uh, had a sit-down with Piers Morgan and talked about Eric Ten Hag. I think with the new coach, the new coach came from where? He was at Ajax. I was in Ajax also. Ajax is a talented club. Mm. They have the best talents in the club. They don't have big stars. Mm. What is the experience of this coach? Mm. Young talents. He comes to United. United is different mentality, different players. Mm. So the players there supposed to be big stars. So I think with his experience being there, I don't know if he talks for him or not. Because he, I think he's in a different situation. And then above him, there is a gap where he doesn't get the help to manage 
the team. Listen, this is what I read in the paper, yeah. so it's not that I have all the situation that ha that is happening. But I can just imagine him coming from Ajax to, to United is a big difference mm -hmm. because I've been in both clubs. You manage talents, upgrowing is different kind of approach because there you have a different kind of discipline. You come to United, you, you do the same thing. I don't know, I don't believe, and I don't think it's the same treatment you give. I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo, when he gave the interview to me when he left United, he said that he felt he didn't have the respect of Eric Ten Hag. You see with Jadon Sancho now a similar situation, Ten Hag criticising him in public and so on. Maybe that is an illustration of his, of his problems in managing big talent. But I don't, I don't say it's the coach's fault mm. because experience you cannot buy. Mm. You just have to get time to get the experience. But it's two different situations. Being in Ajax, being in United. Then if it's his fault, I don't think. Because I think everybody has a responsible in the whole situation. We are a piece of puzzle from the big puzzle. Mm -hmm. So everybody have uh, a responsibility to do and to, to fulfill the, the, the demands. United has to win. Mm. They, they, they have to win every title they play for. Now they're being dominated by the neighbors mm. and... Uh, and it's a totally different situation there. And uh, you need to find the right path again and to, to push for that. Now it's, I think it's, you need a plan. You need yeah. a project to follow. And it feels like you follow a project plan and then it goes wild in a moment because of the results. Either you believe in it or you don't believe in it. You satisfied? Well... I always like to listen to Zlatan and fair play to him. He didn't fall for the bait that Piers Morgan put out, right? Piers Morgan was clearly wanting this golden soundbite to slam Eric Ten Hag. We know there's prior there. But he gives a very understandable account of both sides of the story. And I think to Zlatan's credit, he gives good balance and he makes valid points in terms of the size of the club. And when you joked earlier to Nicholas about that crisis management, that's the problem I feel at United. There are too many problems and unfortunately Ten Hag is going to be the fall guy for most of them. Let's see if uh, Manchester United fan Alvin Tan agrees with Zlatan. I agree. I think that what Ten Hag used to do was to nurture young players, blood young players and here he has the blood really, really good players. Players who are seasoned, you've got three to five uh, seasons behind them players who, who know the game very well but yet they still need to learn how to play together they still need to learn how to work as a team in order to start winning does Ten Hag make it to December I hope he does because I like him I think he's one of the better managers around I think he deserves the backing of the players and also the fans for him to stick around to prove his worth I think he's in a space where uh, a lot of managers suffer. It's the second or the third season where they don't do well, not because they, 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 they're doing it badly on purpose, but because the team is realising that they can play better and they're trying to fit into to the team. And that's the difficult part. Younger players who try to join the senior players in a team is always going to be a challenge. And that is where Ten Hag can do well. It's just a matter of time. And I think he needs a space to do it. Closing thoughts, my friend? I feel Ten Hag deserves time. I think it's too 
scattergun to go and sack him now because the board have backed him. Players like Mason Mount, players like Andre Onana, players like Amrabat have all come in with Ten Hag's recommendations. So to go and change the manager now would be again three steps back. It's not that we haven't done that rodeo before. I'd be surprised. But hopefully he gets the time to try and make this right because I think Ten Hag has credit in the bank based on what happened in Season 1. Sports Minutes on Money FM 89.3.